Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live and tonight our special guest is writer, producer, director Scott B. Hansen. Scott, thank you for being on the show. How you doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. And I was like looking at your body of work and it is obvious you are a horror fan, you know? Oh, you, huge. You love horror. It comes through in your work. When you decided to start making films, what would you say was your biggest inspiration? Uh, definitely uh, Aliens, James Cameron. When I was growing up, uh, uh, definitely any any Cameron movie was was huge. Uh, uh, my dad accidentally let me watch The Thing when I was growing up, the the Kurt Russell one, and I just that kind of blew my mind. Uh, being so young but uh yeah i just uh i think it's just you know just growing up in the 80s i'm an 80s kid you know and i just so had had so many amazing movies from like predator to gremlins to like you know phantasm to like there's there's hundreds of epic movies and just being surrounded by that at a young age i was just kind of still enthralled i still go back so when you decided that you wanted to get into the movie business, like I said, you're a writer, you're a producer, you're a director, you're an editor, cinematographer. Which field did you, when you first got started, did you want to start your focus on? Yeah, so actually none of them. It's all an accident, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, I, uh, didn't, I, I didn't even know anything about movies like, you know, or like making movies so like 15 years ago. And uh, I was, uh, I, I've always been an artist. I've always drawn actually. And uh, I used to draw monsters and I wanted to work for Marvel and do uh, comic books. So I, I went to uh, Savannah College of Art and Design for comic books or sequential art. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, I just uh, had a roommate there and he was doing this short film class and I just, he was like, hey, you want to help me on this short film? And I was like, I have no idea what that even is, but sure, why not? <laughs> and I just, you know, he had to make a little horror short. And I was like, well, I can, I can make a monster for you. I'm pretty sure I can figure it out. And I just got hooked. I got obsessed. That's and, right. Uh, you also do special effects. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's how I got into everything was through special effects. And, uh, you know, I was just like in college and I would do 48 hours and uh, pranks on my friends and, uh yeah then i got into uh working at a haunted house which really just took me to you know just learning about acting and moving and um so, so tell us about the, that first experiment project that you took on for yourself like your first project uh was it a short walk us through that yeah it was actually a music video uh it was a music video and that was like my first well that project i did with my buddy he that was for him and it was terrible. It was awful. And, it, and he, he quit video after that. He was like, nah, I can't do this. So like after that, I was just like, well, okay. And I was in a metal band at the time, you know, and I was like uh, in college, just, you know, every direction, no idea what I wanted to do. And I was like, all right, let's try this. Let's try that. And I was just starting doing special effects and met directors, met cinematographers. And I was just kind of, you know, I was sucking up everything. I was a sponge, you know, trying to yeah. figure out everything. Like, what could I do? And uh, just the music videos kind of caught on. And I mean, that's kind of what I'm known for nowadays is music videos. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
I've, uh, you know, the goal has always been to transition to, to film. Um, so like, uh, yeah, the last five, six years, like been doing a lot of, uh, indie films and mm -hmm. movies. Um, yeah, just been, no, going you have it. a, you have a very impressive resume. Uh, let's talk about the writing for a little bit for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, imagination. I, I have a good, I think I have a good imagination. You have a great imagination, but taking that imagination and putting it on paper, uh, yeah. into a screenplay is very, very difficult. Uh, um, oh, yeah. do you find it difficult? Does it come easy for you? What are some of the methods you use? I, I feel like I have a lot of the stuff that I go through is like stuff I've either lived or like I've, you know, been like secondhand, you know, in contact with and just experienced in a weird way. Uh, I've just, you know, I've, my family is extremely poor growing up. So like, you know, I grew up in not good areas and mm -hmm. dealt with all kinds of weird, bad things that, you know, make a good horror movie and, uh, from house break-ins to like murders and all kinds of stuff, you know. So, and that leads I, me to my next question: uh, You're a horror filmmaker, but you have not boxed yourself in to just slasher movies or to yep. just paranormal. You do the whole spectrum, and we all know that horror has a lot of subgenres. You yep. uh, you like to explore them all. Uh, is that because you have a love of all the various types of horror out there? Yeah, I mean, I respect all the types of horror. Uh, I just, yeah, I think I try to play with everything. I'm always trying something new. Uh, even with Bad Candy, we uh, people thought it was like an anthology, you know, at first, and they're comparing it to Trick or Treat. But uh, it was like, you know, people were like, oh, wait, this is a movie about a town, a weird yeah. fucked up town. And I was like, yeah, it's not really an anthology. It's more of an anthology about a weird town. You know, the town is a character and all these pieces are the characters. And, you know, so. and we're going to get really in deep into Bad Candy, but I got to point out, when I was watching Bad Candy, what really stood out to me was the amazing cinematography, the colors that yeah. you used and you brought together into this great story. So when you're behind that camera and you're directing, how important are is like the, the visual imagery, like colors and such? I mean, it's so important, and it it goes back to uh, like the the drawing days. Honestly, like anything that goes on film, like all the frames were pre drawn and like just kind of figured out. I mean, I definitely took two and a half, almost three years to make Bad Candy. So it's like, I mean, I storyboarded most of the film myself, um, and we did concept art and all that stuff. But you know, I was just like. I was really inspired by Guardians of the Galaxy, the way they did their yeah. color, James Gunn. And I hadn't seen a horror movie, maybe Color Out of Space, uh, another gorgeous horror film. Yeah. But I was just like, you know, really inspired by that. And just was like, I'm a Halloween freak. And I was like, I love Halloween. I love horror. And I was just wanted something extremely colorful to, to kind of uh, correlate with the holiday, you know, just come out big time on the colors. Now, uh, the movie, if you read the synopsis, it still is labeled as an anthology, but it's yep. not. As people sit down and they watch it, uh, yeah, it's various different stories, but they're all interconnected. Uh, let's talk about the monsters, the creatures, the demons, yeah. whatever you want to call them in the movie. Were they all designed by yourself? Uh, not all of them. Um, we had an amazing 
effects guy do the big bat creature, which is named Dracubus. That was awesome. So, yeah, he's and Wayne is like, you know, Wayne is like just he's a, a mega star in the special effects world. Um, and I just reached out to him. I was like, hey, I'm a fan. He did the Predator suit in 2017. He did Jurassic World. So for me, it's like reaching out to like, you know, like a Steve Wang yeah. who used to do the old Predator suits and the Giver, if you remember that old school yeah. movie. That's all Steve Wang, you know, and um, Jurassic Park. And Wayne is like the new version. He's like the 2022 version of that. And I was just like, hey, uh, we're doing this small film. I need this monster. And what are you up to? And sure enough, he was in New Zealand working on Avatar 2 for James Cameron. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I was like, hey, we're filming in Atlanta. I can fly you out. And he's like, yeah, I'd be, I'd love to. I'd love to try indie stuff. Cause he comes so off, awesome. It comes off massive movies. So like having somebody that stature, like come on to some tiny film and just, you know, I was a fan besides directing with him and, you know, working with him. I was just a fan, you know, and I was just like, hey, come out. And that's a great point on the horror community, you know, filmmakers yeah. and whatnot. It's not all about the fame or the money or the glory. They love doing what they're doing because they love the work. Yeah. And oh, yeah. so when you got to work together, what was that experience like? Yeah, he had a great time. I think uh, I think sometimes when you're on those bigger movies, like you just get it's hundreds and thousands of crew members and people yelling at you and you know, I picked him up from the airport. We had a beer, had some tacos, talked about the movie and what we were going to do the next day. So, you know, he, he was like, man, this is the, this is the most relaxed I've ever been mm-hmm. making a movie. And I was like, well, look, my job is to take, is to make you feel comfortable so you can be at your A game, bringing this monster because, you know, trying to make this weird horror Halloween movie and we don't have a trick or treat budget. We have, pennies and uh, i need your a game so i want you to be creative tomorrow and ready to go and he was he killed it he was awesome absolutely now the clown uh, uh, that creepy ass clown was that you yeah that was that that's that's been something i've been playing with for a couple of years now and um i was in a few of the outfits funny enough but uh yeah that's uh that's bad that is bad candy he, that's the name of the movie obviously and, and that's the clown but um but yeah yeah he's just uh he's kind of like he's a he's a he's a good clown you know like yeah if that's you watch that. it, you know he, he's if you watch it you know or whatever they're always trying to you know kill the kids or fuck with the kids and you know this is like if you watch terrifier you know he's killing people for funny reasons but this 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 clown bad candy is trying to like help the kids you know exactly. in a positive way and he's protecting the holiday and you know mm-hmm. that's uh, that's what he's all about and know? as you're watching the film it's a story uh it's sort of like a vigilante yeah. you know what i mean uh yep. the clown and throughout the whole movie there's like this undertone of uh good people uh taking care of the bad people and taking justice into their own hands oh, when yeah. you were writing it was that your premise? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we wanted to. I have a lot of veteran friends in the community, like just friends in general. And, you know, I was just like, man, I've never seen a Halloween movie where a bunch of veterans, you know, who 
are just cleaners. They're going to clean up their town. Now it was like, that'd be kind of fun, you know, on Halloween night um, where they're rounding up people and uh, just killing them in funny ways, but they're giving them a chance to live if they can escape, you know? Um, but you know, it was, uh, we just thought that was a fun story. Something I hadn't seen before. I don't know if, uh, how many people who've watched the movie picked this up, but you had the star of gremlins in the yeah. movie. And, uh, I love the little part where the, the DJ goes to him, just make sure you don't eat after midnight. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love yep. that. I love that. And the way you brought all, I don't want to say different stories, but the way you brought it all together in the end uh, was really great. And the association with the radio station host into what was going on with the stories they were telling was yep. also beautifully done. So hats off to you. Thank on you. that yeah now, Corey was great yeah Corey, Corey and zach and they had a blast in that line he uh zach was like you know zach doesn't he gets gremlins all day 24 7. so if you drop he was like specific no gremlins jokes right and i was like all right that's cool so you know the dj was Corey taylor from slipknot mm -hmm. so and he was a fan of slipknot so i just was like hey Corey, we got to do this we got to fucking because I love the challenge actors. And I was like, I love Gremlins. I love Zach. But you got to you gotta say this line. And he just like did it. And Zach just gave an honest response. It was hilarious. So beautiful. that was not scripted. Not scripted. I was just, because it was against it in the contract. But I was like, hey, I got to do it. I got to throw some shade at you for Gremlins. And got to gotta have fun with the moment. And he did it. And it was hilarious. And that, it stayed in there. That is, that's a great story. Uh, the whole radio station is, of course, is a way of bringing all this, again, stories, but the different scenarios together. Uh, did you play around with different ideas other than a radio station and well, Halloween actually, night hosts? Oh, uh, well, no. Yeah, it was that was always the idea. We actually, Zach was a replacement for, uh, I'd actually originally uh, cast in Sid Hay. Mm. Uh, when right before he passed in uh, Three from Hell, yeah, which actually set us back, you know, rest in peace, Sid Haig, loves Sid, amazing. But uh, Zach was a replacement for him, you know, because we couldn't find anybody because I was like, you know, we, we got the news that Sid passed and then it was like, well, it took us like six months to find somebody and then Zach just happened to move to Atlanta. And it was like, oh, well, hey, Zach Galligan's here. I was like, no way, that's impossible, that's crazy. That's perfect meant to be and he read the script and uh, he's like he never he never gets to play really good bad guys and i was like let's do it and uh he, he had a fun time i love that 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 twist in the end where he was involved uh yeah. now when it comes to writing and then on to directing do you love having control over what you write behind the camera when it comes when it comes time to film it yeah i mean i i i uh I mean, they say you make a movie three times when you write it, then you film it, and then you edit it. So I love to like have everything pretty tight, but there is a lot of times when you're rolling and magic just happens. And like this actor accidentally messes up a line or, or says something else and it just works better. You know, or there's some kind of chemistry you didn't expect yeah. before. And it's just, that's, it's kind of like baking a cake. You Like you're going with the ingredients of, you know, of the script and you have to put it in the oven and film it. And then whatever comes out is just, you know, you're, you're hoping for the best and you're, sometimes you get really good results and 
you know it's just you got to have all the right ingredients in there. did you uh also edit bad candy as well yeah I, yeah I, I had i funded it with music videos and uh uh me and the the co-director my wife desiree she uh we we just we do a lot of music videos and stuff it's, that's our day job metal videos rock videos country videos so uh we would do a music video and then you know go back into the script and they're like all right we're shooting this scene you know and uh being that it was like different vignettes we could hop around okay um, that's that's perfect now one of the characters in the film is dealing with uh ptsd uh where did that idea come from was that uh you know we all know horror is a great platform for social commentary and to you know talk about some serious uh issues out there was the ptsd a part of that yeah i mean i have a lot of friends with it and it's always uh you know i have a lot of my brother he he served and uh he's in korea right now and you know i just uh i grew up in virginia beach so it's a huge navy town military town i'm in so virginia now as well oh yeah yeah i'm from virginia beach that's i live in atlanta now but I grew up in Virginia Beach and Norfolk, you know, is a massive naval oh, yeah. lake. Oh, yeah. And I just, you know, being around that all those years, you know, um, you see it a lot and it makes for, you know, it makes for good script stuff, you know, Absolutely. good situations up and, and you can kind of tap into it a little bit, I think. So. In uh, previous interviews, you mentioned some of the, the challenges you had in uh, filming Bad Candy, like weather-related stuff. It was cold. Oh, yeah. So would you say Bad Candy has been the most challenging film you've had to do to date or not? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it was like 60-some actors. Um, and when people watch it, they're, you know, they're like, oh, you know, it has reminds me of Trick or Treat, which I'm like, that's amazing. I, I, that's amazing that you say Trick or Treat. That's we don't have enough Trick or Treats. You know, yeah. that's kind of what I say to people. I'm like, we need more Trick or Treats. You know, and Bad Candy was just a weird concept and fun script that we we wanted to throw in the pot of awesome Halloween movies you can watch every Halloween. You know, mm -hmm. and in October, and uh, yeah, we just. It was definitely hard to make. You know, Trick or Treat's a fifteen million dollar film. Bad Candy's a ninety-two thousand dollar film. Wow! It's it's so Bad Candy is like, you know, peanuts. That, yeah. That's what I tell people like they expect Trick or Treat. I'm like, I wish I had Trick or Treat's budget. Maybe the next movie or the movie after that, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's a ninety thousand dollar. That's like their their food budget on Trick or Treat, and that's we tried to make it look as epic as possible pulling every stop that I could, you know, we built all the sets in my, my studio. I have a studio in Atlanta. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything kind of stems from financing from music videos, you know, I, mean, I would stuff. never have guessed 90,000. I would have put it maybe at a quarter million. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's tough. You know, I hate to even talk budget, but you know, I just, people are like, they like to compare it to trick or treat. I'm like, trick or treat was $15 million. Mm -hmm. That's a big movie. Yeah. You know, and I love it. I love Krampus. And I'm like, you know, there's just not enough of those, I think. So I agree. I totally agree. Now, you got the money together. You filmed it. Uh, how were you going to, did you get a distributor while you were filming? Because that happens sometimes. You go through the film festival circuit. How did you end up landing a distributor? Well, yeah, it was tough because COVID hit. And it was like, whoa. Uh, what do you do now? And so I was like, well, this is a good time 
since the world shut down, it's a great time for film festivals. And we, mm -hmm. I submitted it to like, I think 120 film festivals. And I mean, it's done incredible. I've never had that, the response with that candy that we had. Um, it won 27 film festivals to date wow. and over 93 awards uh, total. Congratulations. Um, which is crazy because it's like, you know, I've done other movies that, you know, are just different movies. Uh, well, it's only a third movie, but, um, you know, you're, you never know what to expect. And I think Bad Candy just, it's kind of funny. It's dark and it's weird and it's cinematic and there's some great kills and social it's, commentary like you were talking about. And it has and, a great story. And there's a fun story and it wraps it up at the end, but it's not like, you know, like a Tales from Halloween. It's not like yeah. a bunch of individual stories. It, they all connect in a way. Yeah. So. Uh, now, moving forward in your career in filmmaking uh, and staying with the horror theme, uh, do you have like a respect if if you ever do want to make like a true anthology type film, different short stories, putting them together and that sort yeah, of thing? Man. Yeah, I love anthologies. Um, I was supposed to be working on uh, this this anthology TV show called um, um, not Black Mirror, Black Veil. Mm -hmm. um, it's from the director who did uh, uh, shit. <laughs> It's uh, Blair Witch, the Blair Witch director. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. Most yeah, famous yeah. horror movie of all time. Yeah. Or one of them, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm working on, that's an anthology TV show. He's shopping to Hulu and we're supposed to start that pretty soon. Uh, so that's kind of cool uh, to do that. And then um, we actually wrote Bad Candy 2. We're like almost done. So we, we plan on coming back with a sequel uh, just due to the response, you know. And it, it made its budget back, so. You know, that's we're we're just trying to do another one. You know, when did a uh, bad? If it came out in twenty twenty. Was that like the festival release? When did it actually hit video on demand? Yeah, it actually came out in twenty twenty one. So October last year. Yeah, okay. twenty twenty was uh, I think the Grim Fest released mm -hmm. in uh, in England. Um, so yeah, it, it we did. Uh, I think it was uh, thirty five theaters. It did, which is you know for an indie film to get thirty five theaters. For a week it's pretty that's pretty damn good it's during a damn you know pandemic is <laughs> so tough like i've never that was my first theater release honestly so um during a pandemic too it makes it a lot harder but oh yeah oh yeah now one of the most shocking elements of the movie is the uber dracula okay yeah that yeah. is a shocker right there and how that particular sequence unfolds uh walk us through how did you come up with that uh, I just, uh, I got a, I got a, um, well, you mean like the scene with, uh, with the Dracubus or like just all throughout? When he picks up that prostitute, takes her to the field, yeah. and then the big reveal of everything, all those guys chained up and all that. Yeah, that was, so the, the funny part about all the people in the pumpkin heads is they didn't know what they were doing when I did the casting. So I just casted a bunch of random people and I was like, hey, we're doing some weird stuff in the woods. This is the pay. Um, that's it. And so, like, you start putting pumpkins. Oh, you know, there was like a nudity thing or whatever. So people know knew they it was going to be weird. Um, but um, so everybody shows up, and I'm like, all right, well, hey, here's a pumpkin, you know, and have my effects guys help me out, and we're putting pumpkins on people's heads, and they're in their underwear and all that, and it's like, all right, this is really weird, and 
I just kind of set everybody up to respond to the giant creature. Mm-hmm. You know, like nobody had any idea you're going to see a 12 foot demon bat walking around chasing you. And uh-huh. I just, I, I think that comes from my hunter. Like when I worked at a haunted house, like uh-huh. just kind of like, you know, catching people off guard and getting great reactions. Cause sometimes the best acting is reacting, mm-hmm. you know, scaring the shit out of people, even though they're all actors. Um, and they, they signed up to be on a movie, but they had no idea what they were doing. And I, it was really funny, honestly, to, to be in that situation. I, but I, I can tell you have like a sort of technique. You want to get like true authenticity, like yeah. uh, by shock or adding stuff into the script. And yep. I think great. It works out perfectly in, in the film. Uh, so I want to ask you this question. As you're editing a film, obviously you're editing post-production takes months okay, yep. to put it all together. Uh, after spending day after day editing the film uh, and let the day comes where you could say, okay, I'm done. Have you lost at, at that point a perspective because you've been working on this film every day for the last several months in production oh, yeah. where you don't get the enjoyment to sit back and sort of watch the final product for, with a fresh point of view? Yeah, you got you got to separate yourself. You know, you got to take breaks. I think breaks are really important. Um, I have a lot of friends too. You know, where I kind of, um, you know, I would send them a cut or a scene. Somebody, I, you know, somebody I trust, like uh, a good buddy of mine, John Mustenhop, who did Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. That was one of my first big jobs. You know, and when I lived in LA, and he's done like mega movies. You know, and I would send him a scene and be like, "Oh, what do you think of this, John?" You know, and he'd be like, "Wow, that's crazy!" and you know, what the hell is that thing running in the background? And, you know, I just I have different friends in different areas. And some of the best critique people are sometimes not even in the horror community, you know, it'd be just a different genre where they mm-hmm. excel at a different genre. And I would just test out different people. Uh, and then we did audience testing. You know, I was trying to kind of follow what the bigger movies do, you know, where they, they actually get uh, people you don't know together and yeah. you get them. Yeah, you do a screen test and see what's going on and what's not working. And, you know, that's the joy of editing. You can, if there's something not working, you can go back in and fix it and reshoot it or whatever, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the possession experiment, okay? Uh, Another great film, spooky, scary. Obviously, it's a paranormal film. Uh, Tell us about that. What was your inspiration for that? Uh, Yeah, that that was uh i was doing a lot of documentary stuff around that point in time and uh i'd actually met a few people who were a part of a real exorcism in brazil and just some of the stories they were telling me you know and i knew these people really well and they were just like the stuff they were telling me it just sounded too incredible to be true and i was just like this is your fucking movie right that (laughs) like you know it would just be like they were just telling me about stuff they saw and you know just weird stuff in different countries uh um the philippines you know the, it was just a buddy of mine he was traveling and doing a religious documentary and um you know it was just like i was really inspired by him and he showed me some videos you know real real life exorcisms in different countries and just the way uh that that is interpreted in different countries is so so much more extreme than in america oh yeah you know, it's it's just it was it was bizarre and it was like really eye-opening 
And I was just like, man, uh, I, I interviewed some real exorcists who, you know, I'm, there was one in DC I interviewed and I was just trying to learn more about it. Mm -hmm. uh, interviewed one in Seattle and um, at, I didn't know, like there was like, you know, you could go to Richmond, Virginia and there are literally two exorcists and that's what they do. And I was just like, you think about exorcism and it's like, oh, that's only in like Rome or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the Vatican Not, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, the Vatican, you know, just how they picture in the movie. And I was like, well, that'd be kind of cool. I didn't know it was so close. I didn't know it was like a local thing, you know, if you look hard enough, you could find them. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought that was pretty cool. So, you know, and just kind of <clears throat> basing a concept around a kid that self-possesses himself mm -hmm. uh, in the name of science. Uh, it was just, we hadn't seen that yet. Um, I didn't think. And uh, it was just a fun concept to try, you know, it was. And that was the first movie. That was the very first movie. So we learned a lot, you know, and that prepped us for, you know, the other films. So now from the movies you have made so far, is there, do you have a fondness for any particular one or are they all like your babies? They're all your kids. You love them equally. Yeah. I mean, I, I love them all equally. I would say bad Kimmy <laughs> is definitely, definitely are you know i like i look normal but i'm weird as hell <laughs> you know like bad candy is totally me that's shit i think about that shit that we write about you know uh desiree who uh co-wrote the film she we just get we're strange people we're strange creative people and that is like our social commentary you know on on the world and if you see my house on halloween it is like lit up for 30 days you know, we start September 30th, you know, so and we go the whole month and three or four days after. We just love Halloween and it's just the best time of year, honestly. So. Do you still, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you do, but as you go from film to film now, you keep learning more and more and you carry that over into the next project? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we learned so much from Possession Experiment to Bully, um, and then, you know, getting on bad candy, um, you know, it was tough because nobody wanted to finance it. It, it's so hard to find, you know, oh, yeah. investors for a movie. It's, you know, you try a lot and you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not an easy process. So, um, kind of taking it on, I was like, this is the movie I want to do. You know, I want to do a movie that's an indie Halloween movie and, you know, we have no backer, we have no budget, but we're going to figure it out. And that's what we did, you know, determination. Uh, yeah. As a director, what would you say um, when you directed your first feature film, what was the thing that surprised you that caught you off guard? Um, I would say um, just the, the funny, uh, maybe like feeding people. That is probably the hardest thing overall. <laughs> you know, like I never expected that. But like when we possession, we got to work with Bill. You know, and that was amazing, incredible, mm -hmm. and uh, Bill Mosley. Yeah. And, uh, he, uh, you know, was just treating him. You don't know how to treat him. You have to, you know, figure it out. And, you know, everything's kind of riding on you. And it's just, you know, some of the food requests were kind of funny, you know, and I think he was fucking with me a little bit just to, you know, get me used to things. But, like, like you know, let's screw with the new director. Yeah, he wanted to get me and he got me good. And, you know, but I delivered and he was like, you know, after the shoot, he was like, man, this is like one of the, the most relaxed shoots I've ever been on. You know, there's no producers yelling at people. And, you know, I come, from, you know, I lived in L.A. I did my time. Um, I lived, I grew up in Virginia, moved to L.A. And, 
You know, I just, all I saw everywhere was, you know, you go on a big movie set, people are yelling yeah. all day. The director yells at you all day. <clears throat> I was a PA on movies. Like, you know, there's a lot of assholes, you know? Yeah. And I just don't see, I never saw the positive reinforcement of being a dick. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. I yeah. want to make movies, make actors feel relaxed, you know, and and make it a creative space. And Because I kind of- if you do it that way, your end result is going to reflect on the screen. Exactly. And, and I just, I've walked away from, you know, I've, we've sold scripts to the big studios that got um, shelved, you know, and mm-hmm. it was just like, you think it's your big break. And then all of a sudden, Oh, four years goes by, five years goes by. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, well, I'm just going to make my own movies. And yeah. That's kind of what happened. And I was like, I'm going to move to Atlanta and start making my own movies. And, that's kind of what we've been doing for the last five, six years. We were just kind of fed up with, you know, trying to get that big break, which if you don't make it for yourself, it's not going to happen. You see, that that is so key. That is so important as opposed to people thinking you just got to wait by the phone. Uh, yeah. You, you got to go out and make your own opportunities in this business. You this business to. is brutal. Like you it's said, so brutal. you sold stories and now they're end up sitting on the shelf collecting dust. You know what exactly. I mean? So you definitely got to go out and make your own opportunities uh, within the horror genre. Uh, two parts as a yep. filmmaker, which subgenre do you enjoy making as a fan which subgenre do you enjoy watching? Hmm. I would say as a fan watching sci-fi horror, I love like alien predators. Uh, yeah. I love it. I mean, I, I love color out of space. I love that psycho Gorman movie. That Have came you ever out. seen event horizon? I love event horizon. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, I love event horizon. It's just so crazy. Even now watching it now. Mm-hmm. It's so like just, Amazing. Oh, there's that's my cat, that's Pennywise. Cat? Yeah, no. His name is Pennywise after the clown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I love Event Horizon. Um, man, there's so many good movies that are sci-fi horror. And that is my goal is to get the sci-fi horror, which is way more money. So I'm trying to work that out, you know, in the next hopefully decade. I want to get to sci-fi horror because I love that space. Um definitely a goal to get there um so you definitely want to make moving forward one of your goals is to make like a sci-fi horror would you uh is it something that you uh have already written or have ideas for yeah i already got a script already ready to go it's just gonna cost me like five million dollars so yeah figure that part out (laughs) (laughs) doing some more indies and maybe i'll catch somebody's eye you know that's the goal i guess and um or I'll just, I'll get lucky with some Bitcoin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is so uh, awesome. Yeah, it's a goal. So we'll see. Um, but we got a, I got a movie we uh, wrote. Um, we're actually, Bad Candy was so real, well received. We were, uh, we're huge Marvel fans. So we kind of created our own little horror universe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we wrote another movie called The Virginia Bitches after virginia Mm -hmm. uh but uh it's about four chicks in a metal band who are vampires and uh they break down in a small town um that's uh full of cannibals led by a warlock so wow um that's the next movie i wrote that after bad candy but uh 
we uh, put up an Indiegogo this week, actually, and we got we got some big names in that. We got some big names in metal nice. and we got a few names. Um, but uh, but that movie, you know, it's uh, takes place um, right around the corner from New Salem. It's the next town yeah. over. So Which is you'll where see, Bad Candy takes place. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll see a lot of the characters you saw in Bad Candy uh cr- crisscross you know yeah. and this is just a totally different story driving down the road and it just kind of you know if any if people would love new salem this is going to be even crazier um and then and then we're almost done with bad candy sequel um is oh, there so somebody there that, is going to be a sequel oh definitely yeah we wrote it um and uh i'm <laughs> trying to get somebody who i'm a huge fan of um that liked the first script, but mm-hmm. we couldn't afford him. And uh, he uh, he goes by Ash. So yeah, we're gonna get him. We're All gonna right. Get him. All we're right. gonna get. We're gonna get him. We're gonna. I'm gonna try. And uh, being an Evil Dead fan, I'm gonna. Ha- I have to try. But he loved the script. But you know, he's big time. So we're gonna. We're gonna come after him to uh, see if I can get him on the sequel. Bruce Campbell, man, that's that's no small thing. So. IMDB lists several projects that are either in production or post-production. Which one should we as fans be looking out for to come out fairly recently? I mean, fairly yeah. soon. I think the Virginia Bitches, the the vampire movie will be next. And then, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely next. So I, I started on that pretty soon, actually. Um, awesome. Yeah, so that's going to be next. And then I hope I'm hoping for bad... I wanted to give Bad Candy a year to kind of be out and, you know, kind of like just, it's one of those sleeper hits, I think, that'll come yeah, around. Yeah, word of mouth, word of mouth. Word of mouth. Yeah. Because um, we didn't have a, we, I mean, we, you know, we sold it to a distributor and had a nice push. Um, but d- during a pandemic, you know, I think all the, all the movies are, it's tough. You know, if you're not on Netflix or if you're not on HBO Max or in the theaters like you're it's, it's a big uh, transition happening or not the huge. entertainment industry is in the middle of remaking itself and it's it it's, it's still in the middle of remake because i predicted and it is happening you're seeing a lot of mergers happening. yeah it's it's Warner wild. brothers it's is merging with discovery uh all these different mergers so it's going to take a little while for everything to settle down but yep. one thing that's not deniable is that I'm not saying theaters are going to go away, but everything is really going to be focused on in-home video on demand streaming. I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. Scott. So yeah, this has been a fascinating interview. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing all the, all those great stories guys. Bad candy is available. It's available on Amazon prime. As long as you're a prime member, correct? Yeah. There's a Blu-ray on Amazon um you uh and dvd and all that um and then we'll be at all the horror cons we'll be at Day of the, days of the dead in atlanta uh with Corey taylor he'll be signing autographs nice. uh, february 25th 26th in atlanta and then we'll, we'll be going to the vegas one after that later on in chicago and all that beautiful beautiful guys check out bad candy it's a great story don't pay too much mind to the synopsis where it says it's an anthology it is different sequences, but it's all together. It's all related. It's all interconnected. Uh, any final thoughts you want to share, Scott, before we go? 
No, I just yeah, we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Bad Candy Film. Check it out. Give us a give us a watch. You know, check Absolutely. it out. Absolutely. Halloween, this is for you. Yeah, yeah. So thank you to Scott B. Hansen for tuning in. Thank you to all our guests for tuning in live and those who are going to be watching this uh, later on. On behalf of me and Scott, stay safe and stay walking, thank guys. You. Bye bye. All right, appreciate it, sir. Thank you.